morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. We try to frame our announcements in our five practices, our major beliefs that we are uh, trying to live out as part of our church. And the first one is radical hospitality. And to that end, we try to have events of all sorts of kinds, athletic, uh, uh, fine arts, craft fair. And uh, this Saturday night is a perfect example of that. Our own uh, Don Chabke, our uh, pianist, organist, harpist, uh, hammer dulcimer, everything, all sorts of is uh, is going to have a piano concert, uh, also with the violin and uh, vocals with Christina Davidson. That will be this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. It's free of charge and donations will go to the music program here at Memorial. I'm going to turn to Aaron for two more announcements. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries. And I wanted to make sure that any child here today knew that in the worship bags, um, which are in the narthex, um, purple bags are for older children, uh, green are for younger, and your child can decide if they're older or younger. If they want to do a lot of reading activities, grab a purple. But today I would ask them to take one because we've been, we've been setting the five practices in Sunday school for the past four weeks. And because there's no Sunday school on consecration, Sunday, that meant we had to leave a practice out. So each week the kids have done beautiful artwork describing how they felt that the church could um, practice these five practices, um, but we don't have any pictures of risk-taking, mission, and service. So if your child wants to go grab a bag, there's a sheet in there where they can draw a picture, and you all get to benefit next week from these pictures and this thoughtfulness of our children. They will be posted on the walls around the hall of the sanctuary, and we'll just invite you to walk around and take a look and be inspired inspired by the ideas of our youngest members. The other announcement I have is um, any child who wants a solo uh, for our performance on December 11th, excuse me, December 18th, um, will be in the 9 o'clock service, uh, and I invite anyone who wants to do a solo to come 15 minutes early tonight, be there at 445. Um, this is a very low-pressure situation. If they would enjoy it, we would love them to do it. Um, they will have a spot if they want one, but we want it to be a joy to them, and I'm sure it will be a joy to all who hear them. Thanks. Thank you, Aaron. We also talk about risk-taking mission and service, and that's actually our theme uh, for, day, for today with the scripture and the sermon. And our consecration speaker on that subject is KC Carter. First met KC, come on up, KC, at Buncombe Street, and uh, he has started an um, agency that helps people in the upstate with all sorts of uh, issues with housing that may or may not fall under normal uh, house help projects. Thank you, Joe. I mentioned in the early service that I do have notes because otherwise I'd be up here 30 minutes. And I think Joe about fainted when I made that comment, so uh, I'll try to stick to my notes here. Uh, first of all, it's a real honor to be here. I appreciate the opportunity that we're given to talk about Emmanuel's Hammer, uh, especially when we're talking about risk-taking missions and service. I've kind of been a risk taker all my life, as my wife will attest to there, and uh, I figured she'd say amen real loud on that. But uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of background of, of who I am and who Emmanuel's Hammer is. In the early 90s, I dedicated my life to Christ. But at that time, I was uh, real wrapped up in the corporate world and too busy trying to provide a living for my family to really do anything about my Christian walk other than study and that kind of thing. Missions were not part of that. Although the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, had put a little little thought in my mind as it began and as it started to grow that I really needed to be involved in missions. And 10 years later, uh, I finally went on the first mission trip. It was an international trip to Mexico. And uh, during that trip and a couple of subsequent trips, the Lord convinced me that that is what I needed to do. I needed to be involved in missions. So uh, that was in 2001. That, that experience ultimately led to a risk-taking venture, which was to found what would become Emmanuel's Hammer in 2004. Um, 
since that time, we have helped dozens of families who either have suffered from disaster or are living in substandard housing conditions. It is our goal to restore those people to safe, sanitary, and secure conditions that they can live in going forward. And in so doing, show them what the body of Christ can do when it comes together, complete strangers. Um, 100% of our uh, funding comes from donations. We do all of our work through volunteers. So it's very much, much a Christ-centered activity. But what I want to tell you now is that through the last 12 to 15 years that I've been involved in missions, that we cannot be a church by sitting on our couches in our living rooms or even sitting in these pews one day a week. We've got to get out and do something. We have to give of our time, talents, and resources. We have to take the risk of getting out of our comfort zones. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus says this, now it's coming from Jesus, it must be pretty important, but he says, go and make disciples of all nations. In the great commandment in Mark 10, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Notice those two little action words there, go and love. But we can't go and love without giving, can we? So it's vitally important to give. And I'd love to have any or all of you come experience missions through Emanuel's Hammer here in the upstate. In fact, we are starting a new home build uh, in Taylor's the first of the year, which is, would be very conveniently located for some of you to get involved. Love to have you do that. I'll be handing out brochures in the back if you're interested or answer any questions. Or you can keep up with us at our website at ehammer1.org. Ehammer1.org. But if there's nothing else that you take from what I've told you this morning, I'd just like for you to remember those three little words that mean so much. Go, love, and give. God bless you. Thank you. Casey, thank you. If you listen to the podcast for this week, or uh, if you need to go back and find it, it's on our website. You can hear more about KC's story in creating Emmanuel's Hammer. Uh, one more announcement about extravagant generosity. We have one service next week. It's at 10 a.m. It's here in the sanctuary, and we will make our pledges for next year. We then have a celebration dinner in the Family Life Center after that. So one service next week at 10 a.m. Let's stand and sing our first hymn, number 61.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. If you'll turn to page 39 for the covenant of baptism. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present George Walter Dollar for baptism. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? Congregation, we now turn to you. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround this child with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his service to others. We will pray for him that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Please join me for the thanksgiving over the water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and he who receives it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. It's customary in the United Methodist Church not to say the last name of the child because we're all in one Christian family. George Walter. 
I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, this is the choir. Mm -hmm. This is the congregation. And we all made a promise before you understood it. And we've all pledged to support your continued understanding of it. We've all reaffirmed our commitment to make this place a place where children learn about the love of God. Walter Dollar, the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Members of the household of God, I commend this family to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. We have a certificate um, commemorating this day. Thank you, Aaron. You may be seated. If you all will turn to page 611 in your hymnal, I'll remain seated and we'll sing the first and third verses of Child of Blessing, Child of Promise. today is Romans 12, 9 through 18. You can find that on page 1764 in your pew Bible. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to do it is what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. The Word of God, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, as we awoke this morning, we were grateful for the rain. We're grateful for shelter where we can be out of the rain and we ponder those who do not have that shelter this morning. We pray for those who have been displaced by fire and really any element of your creation that is inflamed right now. We are so grateful for everything that you've given us in your creation. And when it lashes out for one reason or another due to different atmospheric conditions. Help us, Lord, not to consider it your will that others be harmed or taught a lesson, but instead that we have another opportunity to help those in need in your name that they may know of your love. Give us a heart for risk-taking mission and service this morning as we hear our songs, our prayers, our scripture, and our proclamation. Inspire us with the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to call Ralph Johnson forward. He is the lay leader of this congregation in uh, the United Methodist Church. Every uh, church has a lay leader that represents the congregation in every meeting. And he's taken it the most seriously I've ever seen anyone take that lay leader position. And he's going to talk to us about giving today in a way that might be different to you if this is um, your first Sunday or if you're a visitor for any reason. Um, but we encourage you to pay attention and see some of the things that we do here. Thank you, Joe. Um, first of all, I think all of us need to thank Mary Lee the next time you see her for leading our Consecration Sunday um, program this year and last year. I will tell you that uh, she really didn't want to do it again this year, but um, through my encouragement, she agreed to do it. And I believe with all my heart that the reason I'm up here today can be summed up in one word. Payback. <laughs> Over the last four weeks, um, we've heard members of the congregation stand here and tell us what being part of Memorial Methodist uh, means to them, and I'm no different. Um, before we get into the mechanics of what I'm going to talk about, um, I have just a few things to say uh, for my own personal testimony. Um, Except for 12 years when I was away in college or in the Navy, I've been a member and attended Memorial United Methodist Church. As a child, I was brought here by my parents. As a teen, I was uh, forced under threat of restriction or loss of driving privileges to come. And as an adult, when uh, Harriet, after Harriet and I were married and we moved back here, um, we were lured back by the friendship and the leadership of George and, and Harriet, or George and Sue Strait. And, um, but I remember attending this church when this sanctuary wasn't here. There was a different sanctuary here. It had a bell tower that sat aside from the church and, and it kind of set catty corner on this corner just like this. And in the mid-50s, it was torn down after a building uh, drive and we built this beautiful church here. And within about a year after it was built, it burned and it was rebuilt. And those are all part of my memories of what uh, being a part of this church was. Now, we've had some great preachers here over the years. The ones that I can remember back to, really the first one that I remember is Ralph Shoemaker. And, um, I, you know, one of the reasons I remember him is we both had the same name. There's not a whole lot of Ralphs out there. Um, but uh, also, it was when I was confirmed in the church, and so I went through confirmation class with him here. Um, but anyway, we've had some great preachers here, but they all have one thing in common, and that is that they have moved on. In the Methodist church, uh, we move our pastors. Um, 
so they've either moved on or retired. So what then has made Memorial prosper over all these years? Well, I can tell you, and that's its um, lay leadership, uh, the lay people here. Uh, and who, those people thought that this was the best place that they could be on Sunday morning in a pew here in this sanctuary. And they also thought that in times of joy or grief or celebration that uh, the best church family that they could have was here at Memorial. And over the years, that's never changed. Uh, there are those of you out there in this congregation who've been here longer than I have. Not a whole lot, but a few. Um, and there are those of you out there who will probably be here longer than I will be. But for those of you who are relatively new um, uh, to Memorial, then you will soon discover that indeed there is no place better to be on Sunday morning than in a pew in this sanctuary. Now let's talk about Consecration Sunday. Um, before I get started, everybody knows uh, from what Joe said earlier that next week we will have a Consecration Sunday luncheon. And to get a good count on how many people are going to be here and to encourage you to come, uh, we have asked that you fill out a reservation form. And the ushers are going to come down through here and um, hand out those forms right now. And if you have not already filled one out, please do. Now, if you're not planning on coming, fill one out anyway, because if you don't, then somebody's going to come and see you, or somebody's going to call you. So make sure you fill one out. Is there anybody that has not already filled one out? If you'll raise your hand. During this coming week, each of us will be thoughtfully considering the spiritual question, what percentage of my income is God calling me to give? Well, in your bulletin this morning, you found an insert that has stair steps on it on one side, and I'd like for you to pull that insert out right now. just like this. I'm going to give you some numbers to fill in there. Um, if you'll get a pencil from the pew rack and we'll go through a few numbers to fill in. Um, first of all, there are 293 singles or couples that have given to the God's work here at Memorial in the last year, since January the 1st. 293. Um, I want you to know before I start giving you these numbers that nobody, I, I have, all I know is the numbers. The only person that sees anything about what your giving habits are are the um, financial secretary who is not even a member of our church. Um, if you'll go to the bottom left-hand side where it says zero uh, dollars, if you'll write in there the number 94, that means that 94 of our members are not recorded as contributing to the financial support of the church this year. The next step up is from one cent to $4.99 a week. Um, write in the number 21 members. As an example, for $5 you can buy two sausage biscuits and a cup of coffee at Bojangles. Uh, the next step is $5 to uh, $9.99. Write in 19 members. You can probably get into a matinee, maybe, um, at a movie theater for $10. I, I don't really know. I haven't been in the movies in 30 years. But I do know that you can buy a uh, pizza with two toppings on it for under $10. So keep that in mind. The next step up, write in 23 members who give uh, $10 to $20 a week. 
I don't know about the ladies here, but I can get a haircut for that. I, my haircut, I think, cost about $15. I mentioned at the 9 o'clock service that I didn't think it was fair that I had to pay the same thing as somebody with a full head of hair, but that's the way it goes. I also mentioned that Joe and I had had a discussion one day, and I, I can't remember what it was about, but I told him, I said, you and I pay the same thing for a pair of pants at Belk's, and yours are a foot longer. <laughs> The next step, uh, the $20 to $30 represents 30 members. Okay, we're going to go on up the steps now. Uh, $30 to $40 are 20 members. $40 to $50, 13 members. $50 to $75 is 26 members. 75 to 100 is 25 members. 100 to 149 is 17 members. 150 to 200 is two members. And over 200 is three members. Now if you would, turn your sheet over on the other side, flip side. Look at the left-hand column and follow it down until you come to a number that most closely represents what your weekly income is. Now move left to right and find the number closest to your weekly giving for God's work here at Memorial. Then you can move your eyes up to the very top of the page and you'll see the percentage of your income that that represents. Now during the coming week, each of us will ponder the question, what percentage of my income is God calling me to give? Is it possible for me to move up one step on the stair step? I think the ushers have already picked up all of the reservations that were filled out. If not, if you'll hold them up, the ushers will come by and pick them up. Keep in mind that uh, the service tomorrow will be here in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock. We'll have our celebration luncheon at 11 o'clock. It is catered uh, and it will represent uh, pretty closely a um, Thanksgiving dinner. So I hope you'll all come. Um, you don't have to bring anything except yourself. In closing, I hope that during the week, you and your family will set aside some quiet time, that you'll turn the TV off, that you'll put your iPad down, that you'll silence your iPhone, and pray about what percentage of your income that God is calling you to give to His work through this congregation. Thank you. going to sing the middle hymn uh, but we uh, following the offering but now is the time for the offering and you can see in the bulletin how to give uh, online or text to give
I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 6 or 7, on page 1561 in your pew Bible. It may be uh, one page or two off based on the Bible that you have. And I want to point something out to you before. Also, for the record, Ralph and I pay the same price for an airline seat, and it suits him a lot better than it suits me. I promise. Notice the headlines, starting with chapter 6. A prophet without honor. Jesus sends out the twelve. John the Baptist beheaded. This text is framed with two of the most painful things that could ever happen to a person. One, that Jesus is rejected by the people of his hometown. And two, his dear friend and person setting up his entire ministry is beheaded because the king doesn't like what he said, because the king's new wife doesn't like what he said, and he's beheaded. And that's uh, risk-taking mission and service going forward, regardless of the circumstances that are swirling around you, is an essential point in the text today. So let's look at verse 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I encourage you to keep it open if you like to read along. The first phrase I want you to notice is that they're going to have to move on from rejection, especially Jesus. If any one of us, many of you who have grown up in this town or you could make it about your town, if a person said, I'd like to run for local public office, I think a number of people around them would love them and support them. I'd like to try out for the basketball team. We're going to love and support you. I may be called into ministry. Oh, my goodness, you know, we're going to love and support you. Imagine Jesus saying to those people, it wouldn't have been this part of the text, it would have been this part of the text, I'm the fulfillment of everything that you've read your entire life. I am the Son of God. If anyone that you knew well in this town said that, you might struggle with it, honestly, even if it was a member of your family. He says, I am that one and in different versions of the story in the different Gospels, they take him out on a cliff because they are so um, angry, hurt, upset that he would suggest that he is the Son of God. So even following that story, Jesus is gathering his disciples to send them out to tell people the story of his arrival. The people said, isn't this the carpenter's son? What does he know about Scripture? And they took offense at him saying, I am the Son of God. How much would that stop the normal person who is pursuing something that is outside something they've normally done? It could have tremendous power. 
for your family and your hometown to say, we really don't think you should do this. But yet he did. Let's look at verse 8. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if at any place, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Sending out two by two. You know the other story that comes to mind of people going two by two? It was for a very dark moment. This is in response to a dark moment. We're going out to share this story. But three things. He says, I don't want you to take food, money, or extra clothing. These are in the top five, if not the top three, of things that give us comfort and security. If you look at food, food gives us great strength, and at times it it gives us great comfort when we're brokenhearted from something that's happened. So we've got going door to door, selling a message that Jesus is who he says he is to a community that doesn't want to hear it. You're going to get brokenhearted on a number of occasions. The other thing he doesn't want them to take is money. You know what money gives us? Options. In 1998, I went with five friends to the University of Florida because the Citadel was playing them in football. We went in an old Cherokee, and we each had about $8. You know how crazy that was? If anything had happened, anything, we would not have made it back. There were no cell phones back in my day. There were no cell phones when we were traveling. We had nothing. And if anything happened, we had no options. Think now, as a parent, what I would tell my child to do if they were going to weigh 20 miles for two hours. He says, I don't want you to take anything. Finally, clothing. You know what clothing equals uh, uh, us and what it gives us is inclusion. You ever underdress at an event? It is not a good feeling. Overdressed for an event isn't a good feeling either. And when you wear certain clothes, it starts in school, in elementary school, middle school, and high school. We want to dress like one another because we want to be included. We want to have options because we want to feel comfortable. You ever look at somebody's suitcase when they're just going to North Carolina overnight? It's crazy. I've traveled with people to um, Israel for 10 days. Crazy what people were packing. It gives us comfort. So he says, I'm going to send you to a place that you may not know what you're doing. You may not know what you're saying. They may not buy what you're selling. And I don't want you to take any food, money, or clothing. Excuse me? He wants them to experience weakness. Because you know what? You are laser focused when you are experiencing weakness. He wants them to understand what the people they are going out to reach might experience so that they can then show them what it means. Now we'll see that the opposite of that all the time in business. We'll see somebody projected as a big winner with all the stuff that they have so that people will buy into the thing that they're doing. Jesus is going in exactly the opposite direction. Fascinating. He also says, I want you to stay a guest in another person's home. All right, you're going to make me do this stuff. You're not going to let me take anything. But I can't even get my own room where I can have some quiet and some peace and some space. You're going to make me stay in people's homes. What are they going to serve me? I have no idea what they're going to serve me. Where are they going to put me? What are they going to say when I stay there? When am I going to leave? When am I going to get up? Well, I'm going to need you to forget all that. I'm going to need you to set all that down. And I'm going to need you to experience weakness. Verse 12. I didn't notice this when I was preparing the sermon. I noticed it right in the middle of the sermon at 9 o'clock. The first three words should have been the sermon title. They went out. Even given everything that he just said. Even given everything that happened. They did it. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. And that's your last uh, major point I want you to notice. Heal wounded souls. That's what we are trying to do. 
Now we talk about a whole lot of other stuff to try to make the experience of you coming on campus the best possible thing, whether it's a meal or whether it's a service or whether it's childcare or whether it's daycare or whether it's parking or whether it's parking over there or whether it's the bulletin or the Bible or where this should be or what I should wear. Heal wounded souls is what it is all driving towards. Whatever wounded soul may be, you notice the first two steps that have to be taken in order to get to that third one? Move on from rejection. I don't want to spin you off and lose you, but can you think of a time when you felt experienced uh, desperate, sad rejection? In a hurry. Personally and professionally. He said, I'm going to need you to move on. He says, I'm going to need you to experience weakness. Do not pray to have every need met or exceed that need so that we can be comfy. He says, experience weakness so that you know what it's like to be that person that you're trying to talk to God about. And if you can do those two things, you might be able to do that third one. Heal wounded souls. Might be at a break room at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. It might be at a dinner table at 6 o'clock on a Friday. It may be on a street when two people who are walking dogs run into each other and share five minutes. It may be after the worship service on the steps outside. You cannot believe how many opportunities you will have to heal wounded souls. And I encourage you to be one of those people that Jesus sends out. Risk-taking mission and service is going to be important here. It always has been in one way or another to this community. But I can tell you that we're going to emphasize it in 2017. You're going to hear more and more about great local opportunities from what's a hammer skill level to, uh, yes, I can... I can't even give you this in, whatever this skill level would be. Um, I'll put you up on a roof and do a chalk line and get the whole uh, roof lined out there. Understand that we're going to focus on it because it matters regardless of the bookends that are swirling around us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me uh, for our last hymn, number 671. an awful lot to take in in 58 minutes. I know that. And I know that you want wonderful opportunities to make promises with families and infants. You want wonderful opportunities to serve this community. You want wonderful opportunities to support the children as they grow up in this church. And we're going to give you those opportunities if you're willing to serve. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.